Hello, my dudes. Welcome back to Previously Gifted. It's been a minute, as it always has. I'm very excited to be back because it always feels different um, when I have, like, other people in my videos or my uh, podcast, which so far has only been Nathan. Um, but it always feels different because I'm like, last week, I didn't get to fly solo. Though, I did very much enjoy last week's podcast and... Um, I really enjoyed all the feedback from you guys and all of the really great comments. A lot of you guys um, addressed some of our questions with your own personal experience and you shared your perspectives and it was so, so great. So we definitely appreciate that. Nathan is so cute when like a new podcast or video comes out that he's in because he like checks the comments or he'll ask me as if he's not already checking it himself. Any new comments? And I'm like, yeah, you know you've already seen them, but I'll tell you again. So anyway, thank you guys for that. We had a very good time and it's always nice to talk veganism, you know, in depth. Because again, I think people, um, we tend to gloss over issues very quickly, especially when it comes to veganism because people want as in people who are vegans who want to convert other people. Um, you want to make it seem easy and simple, but it's really not. And there are a lot of complex, complicated, and difficult decisions to make, and a lot of difficult questions that are raised. So anyway, glad we could explore it, you know? Uh, today's episode, I didn't, I didn't know what the hell to talk about. I was like, I feel like a lot has happened in the past week but nothing that like truly stands out. Definitely nothing that warrants its own dedicated episode. So today I'll give you guys a little preview. Of course I have my notebook with me because when do I not? Here's some ASMR of me turning the pages. Um, so I'm gonna talk about <laughs> my school applications briefly um, because I have submitted a lot of them. Uh, Nathan and I went on a date, so I'm gonna tell you guys about that. Spoiler alert, we saw a movie. And I'm gonna try to not give spoilers of the movie, but I, I can never promise that because I just love to talk about everything. Um, I want to talk about this Arizona initiative that's on the ballot about, like, blow drying and cosmetology because my sister is a hairstylist who lives in Phoenix and she's brought this to my attention and she's sharing it on social media often, so I just want to talk about it. And then the last thing I feel like, I feel like I have to discuss, uh, just for society, is Kylie Jenner's baby. Uh, coincidentally being announced the day of the Super Bowl. Another thing that I was not particularly invested in but still spent most of my day focused on. So, it's going to be an interesting episode today, guys. Um, but before we get started, as always, here's some more ASMR. I got to give a shout out to the number one supporters of this podcast. All of you who are listening are supporters, and I appreciate you guys a ton. But these people, these people go above and beyond, which I appreciate so much. Um, I have a Patreon page, which you can basically consider as a tip jar or like a donation fund for the podcast. Uh, if you're willing and able, uh, you can be decide to become a patron. I'm gonna start stuttering on this, so I'm just gonna get into it. If you want access to exclusive bonus episodes that are only available on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash previously gifted. Shout out to my tried and true, my biggest fans, my real ones. Um, <laughs> we have Eric Courtright, we have Joni Kay, Lily Dillon, Matt Barham, whose Instagram is Maywither. We have Jerome at Grizzly and Liz Walsh at LizW206. I love you guys. I like following you on Instagram and uh, getting to know you guys a little bit deeper since you spend, you know, a couple hours, you know, listening to me, I don't know why, or watching my videos, uh, it decide, you know, it, it deserves to be a, a more two-way street. So I like to get to know you guys. Okay, last time I'm gonna flip the page while the camera is rolling. Um, let's get the frick into this. <sighs> Big news of my day. It's Monday, you know, I love starting a new week because, um, 
The weekend feels crazy to me. Okay, because Nathan, he works a nine-to-five job. He leaves very early in the morning, or like 7.30-ish. Um, so then he like kisses me goodbye and heads off to work, and then I sleep in a little bit. Sometimes I'm up after he leaves, and sometimes I sleep until 10. But those days make me feel like shit, because I'm like, dude, like I should not be rolling out of bed at 10. Because then I have to start my whole day at zero, and then I eat breakfast, and then I'm hungry again. I eat lunch, <laughs> and then my whole day is gone. And then Nathan comes home at like four or five, and then I can't work anymore because he obviously wants to hang out with me when he's home. Anyway, um, I'm trying to get my shit together. We all know this. Today, very important. I woke up, first thing I do is check my emails. Um, there were a few like application relevant things that I had to deal with. So I was getting ready for that. Sorry, I'm scratching my nose. Um, And then I had, like, just other, like, boring internet things to handle. You know, after the weekend, you're like, okay, I'll deal with that on Monday. Next thing, I get a call from an unfamiliar number, but it's kind of familiar. And I'm like, oh, shit, is this what I think it is? And it was. (laughs) I got a call back from Starbucks. Did I tell you guys I interviewed at Starbucks? Um, yeah, I was offered the job, so I accepted it, bitch. Your girl is finally employed. Well, once all this paperwork is done, I had to, like, submit my authorization for the, uh, background check, and then I've got to go in and do some paperwork. And then I get to be trained as a barista at Starbucks. Literally, like, probably the best place I could possibly have gotten hired. Like, I go there almost every day. So, like, already I I will be saving money in my coffee budget. Um, I can get discounts, maybe free coffee and stuff to share with Nathan. These are benefits, baby. But Starbucks literally has benefits. Like, after 20 hours a week... If you've been there for over 90 days, you get medical, dental, vision. I'm like, I've never been treated this well in my life by an employer. Um, So I'm very excited about it. I don't know exactly what my schedule is going to be, but I definitely have the time to work, you know, 20 to 30 hours and still maintain my online presence. (laughs) But yeah, having a regular paycheck will definitely be very nice, and I'm much looking forward to it. Also, I will get to interact with people. (laughs) That's the thing, dude. I've been, like, working from home, you know, doing freelance work, which has been, you know, we talked about it a few episodes ago. It's iffy, um, but, like, being inside all day, even if all the work you have is on a computer and you could do it at home alone, It's just like, it's bad, dude. It's bad. You got to get out of the house. You got to see people. And I really do like, um, like customer interactions. I always liked being a cashier and like, uh, in New Orleans, I worked at a place called Breads on Oak. If anybody is in the New Orleans area, please do me a favor. Go to Breads on Oak and send me a picture because they, it's not all vegan, but they have a lot of vegan stuff. Oh, it's so delicious. I was just looking at their Instagram, dude. Like, I miss New Orleans almost exclusively because of that place, and I only worked there for a couple months. Um, They have delicious coffee. That was my first experience as a barista, Um, but at that place, they only had a few drinks, so it was like the most simple espresso and coffee um, stuff, but obviously Starbucks, there's infinite combinations of drinks, and I'm going to have to learn a lot, but it'll be fun. Um, What was my point? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, Uh, I liked that job in New Orleans because you get to see regular customers, and it can be kind of a fun environment, and obviously if you're busy, the hours go by quickly, so I'm excited for that, and um, yeah, it was time for me to... um, see people again, you know? Not being in school and not working a regular job, it's like, who the fuck do people see? And also living in a new city where you haven't made friends yet. These are all combinations of, like, just being at home until Nathan comes home, and then finally I get to socialize. And then if I'm really lucky, we'll go to Starbucks, or we'll go to Stop and Shop or Trader Joe's. Um, But anyway, I'm very excited. Nathan is excited for me and happy for me, because he's been rooting for me to get a regular job, (laughs) just like, you know, for my own sake, really. So I'm excited. That was the good news of the day. And 
since then, it's all, it's all, I just almost did a, a, like a Nazi hail. I didn't mean to do that. I meant like, it's all, it's all up here. What? Mm, it's, things are going up and I'm feeling good is what I meant to say. By the way, I'm wearing my merch. Of course I am. For those of you watching on YouTube, shouts out. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys, my merch is still for sale. It's represent.com slash Tiffany Ferg, I think. Um, the junk food vegan tea. Hello, my dudes. Earth Tones Only. They're all still available. So if you, you know, saw those months ago when I launched it and didn't have the chance to buy it yet, dude, if you message me on like Twitter or Instagram and ask me for a discount code, I could totally hook you up with like a 15% discount. I'm trying to get you guys to rep me as often as possible and buy my shirts and wear, wear this. We can match, you know? Anyway, that's that. Um, I think I'm going to take a teensy break and then in the next segment we're going to talk more about schools. Okay, guys, I love this podcast, you guys. I really miss you guys. This is like when the girls reunite for brunch after a busy week, and they're like, oh my god, we didn't even text. Like, the group chat was silent this week. I miss you guys so much. That actually just happened uh, with me and some of my girly friends in the group chat. It's like, dude, I miss you guys. Can you guys come out to New York, please? Um, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna take a break. Listen to this sweet, sweet, um, transition music. My roommate, Jordan, he just showed up and his car is parked literally right outside the window and the window's open. So I hope he saw me with my whole setup. Um, I'm proud of what I do. Okay, here we go. <laughs> And we're back. I swear, this microphone picks up everything. So, like, I can hear the kitchen and, like, the dishes right now in my ear. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I can hear it. So I'm like, what's happening? Anyway, so in this segment, I want to talk about the schools I've been applying to. Um, I don't know how much I've been keeping you guys updated via video or the podcast, but I'll just go through it again quickly because this is what I think about so much of the time. And I will keep you guys updated all the way until I get my degree. So just like buckle in, stay tuned. You'll be listening to this for at least the next uh, two and a half years, basically. Um, okay, so my applications have been an interesting process. I used the Common app this time. I don't know if I used that before because um, this is now my third time uh, applying to schools. No, I may have the very first time, um, but this time. I was focusing on Southern California, mostly around the LA area, um, New York City, and I just decided to throw in a few schools abroad. Um, some people have been like suggesting really good programs or different schools, um, but in completely different cities. Like they're like, "Oh, come to Savannah or come to this school in wherever." And I totally appreciate the um, <laughs> the recommendations, but I'm choosing these locations for a reason um, because of a lot of personal things. But I mean, I, I did the random thing by going to school in New Orleans, which wasn't entirely random because of my boyfriend at the time. Um, but you know, I really want to be somewhere where I can be around my loved ones. So either I'm going to be back home in California with my friends and family, or I'm going to be in New York City, hopefully with Nathan. That depends on his visa, you guys. That's a whole other thing. I'll talk about this someday, but oh man. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, New York could be a possibility, and then some schools abroad, uh, in case, in case Nathan's visa doesn't work out, then I'm like, okay, frick it, you know, we'll, we'll go to Europe, I'm totally fine with that, literally. Okay, so, in Southern California, my options are Loyola Marymount University, it's a private Jesuit school, um, it's a beautiful campus, I have driven by a few times, um, I think Adubs goes there, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, the school I went to in New Orleans is also called Loyola. It's another Jesuit college. Um, so I'm thinking maybe like they'll they'll like my Jesuit roots, even though like I'm not um, Catholic or religious in any way. But I do like the Jesuit values. You know, they're all about social justice, and I'm into that. 
Um, I also applied to Chapman, which is a private school in Orange, in Orange County, kind of near, like, Disneyland. Um, Chapman was actually, like, my first choice school way back in high school. I was like, I'm going to do video production at Chapman. It's very expensive. Almost all of these schools are. So I'm like, ooh, please give me good financial aid. Um, But Chapman is a beautiful school. It has really, really great uh, facilities and great faculty, and, you know, I'd be stoked to get in. Um, I was going to apply to USC, which is crazy, because I'm like, do I really want to go to a school with, like, so many rich kids when I'm clearly not rich? Um, they do give really good financial aid, um, often, but, like, (laughs) I couldn't even finish my application, because I found out that I didn't have the correct number of English required courses for a transfer. So anyway, um, that option got knocked out, but I'm okay with it because I'm like, well, fuck it, you know? I feel like maybe I should apply to a few more California schools, but honestly, if this doesn't work out like this time, I don't know what I'm going to do. So let's just cross our fingers again uh, and I'm going to leave it at that. But New York City, I can't stop adding schools. (laughs) My top choice, um, I think, would be NYU. Um, it's a pretty selective school, but it is a great school. It's expensive, but, you know, I would dig it, I think, if I can get a decent financial package. I've also applied to the new school, which may actually be my favorite program. Um, the new school has a, uh, a college specifically for adult transfer, um, students. So it's perfect for people who have had, like, gaps in their education, (laughs) me, um, or, you know, for whatever reason, their, you know, college path has been non-traditional. So they are super dedicated to making sure that you, um, as many of your transfer credits, you know, transfer over as possible, which is great. Um, They're very kind of flexible with that. And also the courses offered are very flexible. There's a lot of night or online options in case I'm interested. And also, um, the program I'm applying to is just basically a build-your-own-liberal-arts program, which I think is really cool. Um, Because I'm interested in so many different things, I would really like to be able to take courses and explore, like, all of my different interests. Um, Because it's like, that's what I've always thought about college, is like, you know, schools with very strict... Um, curriculum and major requirements like I understand why they do that because obviously like if you're in like a specialty field you need to take a certain combination of courses but like at this point I'm just trying to get a degree so I don't care if it's a degree in liberal arts and if some people laugh at that um, I think liberal arts degrees and liberal arts curriculum in general is very valuable because it's really just like a wide variety um, of diverse courses and topics. So anyway, um, basically I'd be like, I would want to take courses, obviously continued in, in media. So some more video things possibly, um, and digital media, social media. Um, but also if I could take any about like political science or, um, sociology or, um, more communications kind of relevant Things. I just think I can use all of my interests to build myself a curriculum that um, will help me in whatever field that I end up wanting to go into. And at this point, who knows? Maybe after I graduate, I'll just continue being a podcaster, YouTuber, and work in media. Or maybe I'll want to do something in journalism. Or maybe I'll want to um, work in politics and work for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's the dream, dude. Speaking of things that I have been wanting to apply to, I've been so tempted to apply to be one of Bernie's social media interns. I was, like, very close to doing it. Because, like, before this semester started, um, he posted a couple things on social media asking for interns, either in D.C. or in Burlington, Vermont. And um, people tagged me in it so many times. I was like, dude, if it were possible for me to live in either Vermont or D.C., I'd be so down. If I could get hired to work for Bernie, like, I think I would die. I would actually die. And then I'd come back to life because I would have to go 
do that job. Um, it's literally a dream job of mine to be able to work with Bernie in any capacity. Um, but he recently posted to his Instagram. I mean, when I say he posted to his Instagram, I mean, probably his social media people (laughs) posted to his Instagram, but they were basically saying that, um, he's still looking for a press intern, social media video and all that, um, for his DC office. And I was like, dude, I was like, maybe this is a sign. Like I need to do this. Um, but then I thought about it and I was like, logistically, like, do I want to leave Nathan somehow move to DC, somehow afford to live in DC and do this internship, which would be full time at $15 an hour. But still, I've heard DC is very expensive, just cost of living and housing. Um, I was basically like, I don't know if I can like pack up and leave and then be, it's like a four hour train ride or drive from New York to, um, DC. So it's like, do I really want to pack up and go? That's, uh, that's even, you know, if I were to get picked, of course, I'm like, I'm not even thinking like, oh, I need to do this application. I'm literally already thinking I got it. I'm like, okay, cool. Of course, Bernie would uh, want me. Um, but how do I pack up my life? (laughs) Anyway, I was like, I don't think now is the time for me to do that. Um, but it's definitely still on my radar. If it's ever possible and like good timing for me to, do something like that. I mean, it would be the perfect job once I graduate. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, by the time I graduate, what is that going to be? 2020? Um, I'm hoping Bernie is, uh, the democratic candidate and that he's about to be elected president in 2020. So yeah, see you then. Um, I'm still down to get hired for your campaign team, Bernie. So hit me up. I'm available. I'm very available to work with you. Um, anyway, back to New York schools (laughs) that I'm applying to. Um, people have recommended Pace and Fordham, which are both, um, I think smallish private schools. Again, I've kind of just like stopped looking into them too far and I'm just like, yeah, I'll apply to that one. Um, because I have, um, fee waivers for the Common App. Shouts out to being, uh, you know, a low financial level. Anyway, it is a good thing because um, freaking college applications are so expensive. Like literally all of these are 50 to $80 each school. So to have those fees waived is a major blessing. Shouts out. Um, but anyway, it lets you apply to up to like 20 schools or something. So I just, I just keep going, you know, after I filled out the common app and had most of the information done, like if I add an additional school, maybe they'll have like a supplemental essay or additional, you know, questions or maybe like another letter of rec that they want. But I'm basically like, well, it's already almost done. Might as well. So I added Pace and Fordham. Um, so we'll see. And I also applied to Marymount Manhattan College, which again is a very small private school. Um, Thanks to your recommendations, guys. (laughs) I'm basically like, hey, any school in uh, New York City, please accept me. I'll apply to you. Sure. Let me in. Show me the money, though. Show me the financial aid offers, please. (laughs) Um, And then abroad. Have I even talked about like deciding to apply it to schools abroad. Um, Well, like I said, Nathan's visa situation is complicated. Um, Basically, I'm just going to explain this. Sorry, Nathan, if uh, this is personal to you. I love you. Um, Nathan is currently on an 18-month visa, and that um, either will be renewed or he'll get a new visa, but it ends in October. So if he doesn't get approved for a new visa... Uh, by October, he will be going back to England. So naturally, we're thinking of, you know, all of our possible options. And I was like, dude, like, honestly, if it comes down to it, I'm definitely down if I can make it work um, to go finish my degree in Europe, (laughs) you know. Um, So initially, I was trying to find those elusive, you know, public schools in Europe that have like, little to no tuition because you know when people are like you could go study in germany for free all you have to do is study in german i'm like "Mm, how about in english so of course i was looking um to try to find universities in france maybe i was like dude i'm totally down to continue working on my french 
living in France again would be amazing. Um, so if there are public universities that have like low international tuition, um, even partially in English, I was like, could I, could I do like a full course load <laughs> in French? Uh, or even half in French? Is my French decent enough for that? Don't know. I've been looking at so many different options that it's kind of exhausting. Um, but I did decide on two American international schools. So that makes it easy for one to transfer credits because it's the same credit, like a four-year university uh, bachelor's uh, rather than like you know, the UK has like a three-year degree program and it's just like completely different requirements and transferring over might be impossible. So anyway, um, before this camera shuts off and I have to take another pause, I am applying to uh, the American University of Paris and Richmond, which is an American international university in London. So I'm like, okay, speaking of just throwing my applications out into the wind, that's what I'm doing. I'm throwing it across the pond. And if they want to accept me and offer me generous scholarships, that would be so nice. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> And we're back. So um, yeah, I've been very excited and it's kind of funny like going from dreading my applications to finally like finishing basically the Common App um, and just being like, you know what, fuck it, let's just keep adding schools. Um, so it's, it's fun. And some of these schools are rolling admission, so I may know, you know, my application status sooner than the schools that release their decisions in like April because I'm really not looking forward to waiting until like the end of April again to know you know what my options are so hopefully I'll start to hear back from some schools soon maybe even starting in March so <laughs> cheers I will definitely keep you guys updated um but speaking of you know kind of going a little crazy with the applications I very nearly convinced myself that I should apply to an Ivy League school. <sighs> I don't know how I did this, but I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I have this weird like ego thing, um, which I'll probably never get over because I won't get this opportunity again. Um, but I always think like, God damn it. If I had tried a little harder senior year and if I had actually applied to colleges, senior year, you know, as a freshman applicant, I wonder where I would have gotten in because I feel like I could have gotten into some, you know, very good schools. And I just want to know which ones, you know, it's just my ego. I'm like, I literally, ugh, I'm so dumb. And also my fucking SAT score. I took my SAT score in December of my gap year. So my brain was already kind of drifting off and I definitely didn't try as much as I could have. But if I had taken my SAT in my prime, like my junior year. Oh my God, I could have done so well. I did not even study for my SAT. Again, it was during my gap year and I just had to have an SAT score um, to be able to apply to colleges. So I went and took it and I didn't bring a snack. So I like kind of died halfway through and I was just like, fuck it, I just have to finish. Your girl got a 1970 on the old SAT. So that's a pretty good score. Um, especially for not, you know, putting in much effort. But if I had done that in my peak, in my prime time, um, I definitely could have broken 2000, obviously. I'm really mad that I was so close to it, but didn't. Um, definitely, I feel like I could have gotten maybe up to 21 something. Who knows? But again, these are things I'll never know again, because am I going to go take the SAT again? Never. Um, also wish I took the ACT just to know what I'd get. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like a nerdy, egotistical person in that way. Does anybody else feel the same? Again, this is the title of the podcast, Previously Gifted. Um, most of my most proud moments were just doing really well on tests and not studying for them, such as my AP tests. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd and I'll never get over it. But um, my ass was like, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I'll apply to an Ivy League just to see if I'd get in. Uh, bitch, you're not getting in. You're not getting in. I almost wanted to apply to Columbia because it's in the city. Um, and I was looking at, like, they have a, a general studies school 
that's again for students who are like non-traditional they've taken some breaks in their college career and stuff um but then I was like I don't think I want to go to an Ivy League school even if somehow I got accepted it's like I don't think I want to be in such a hyper competitive environment and some of the schools I'm applying to are you know pretty competitive but not like Ivy League level I was like, bitch, what do you think you're doing? So anyway, I stopped myself, mostly because that one would require a 1,500 to 2,000 word essay, and I just wasn't down to write that. In comparison, the Common App's personal statement is like 500 words. So yeah, I'm like, no, not worth it. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyway, in this next segment, uh, I want to talk about my date night with Nathan this past weekend. Uh, We've been trying to, like, you know, trying to get out there and, like, do things. Because we definitely have a routine that includes, like, a lot of Netflix and Amazon video. Um, But we're, like, perfectly content making dinner, mostly Nathan. Shouts out. Thank you. Um, Yeah, we make some food, and then we chill out, and we'll watch, like, a movie or two. Or The Office. We've been rewatching The Office, and that's just our go-to every day, every night. (laughs) So anyway, I was like, we should see a movie. I was really excited. I thought Black Panther was already out, because I had been hearing, like, really good things about it. But those are, like, critic reviews. I now know. So anyway, I was like, do you want to see Black Panther? And he was so excited. He's like, oh my god, yes. He didn't think I would, like, be down. But, like, Black Panther looks really good. Um, And so then I was looking up showtimes and realized that Black Panther doesn't come out for another, like, week, week and a half. So that was disappointing. But we did decide that we would see The Shape of Water, especially with all of the... um, the Oscar nominations. It has the most nominations at the Oscars this year. 13. Yeah, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, so we decided to have a date night on Saturday. We went to Blaze Pizza. One of my favorite places, dude. I am a cheap date. All I want is Chipotle, Starbucks, or Blaze. So I fucking love Blaze, dude. Like every week, like I need my pizza. So we went to Blaze. It was really good. And then we went to the cinema. And this, the movie theater that we go to, it's great. It's next level. Um, It has really nice seats, like full on comfy ass recliner seats, like full recline. They're the best, dude. I cannot go back to a regular movie theater just sitting in some uncomfortable seat with no support for my legs. (laughs) fuck that. So, um, yeah, we saw The Shape of Water, and in short, trying not to give any spoilers, um, I don't know, I thought, I think it's, it's a beautiful film. The, you know, the score and the soundtrack are great. The visuals are amazing, especially in certain parts. (laughs) Don't want to spoil that. Um, but I just kind of thought it was, like, boring, you know? Like, I read a review on Letterboxd that pretty much sums up, like, my feelings. But it was like, you know, I felt like I was waiting for something. Like, you're supposed to have this strong connection to the characters and the relationship between the characters and this, like, romance. Um, But it just doesn't, like, quite hit. And then the end is supposed to be, like, very climactic. And again, I don't feel like it's that big of a you know, cathartic moment. I don't know. The whole time I was just like, okay, this is kind of freaky. Ooh, ooh. Um, I will say that the villain is great. I forgot what his name is. Um, His fingers are disgusting. I hate it. Um, He's super gross in a lot of ways. And uh, my final thought would be I'm, I'm glad that I'm not a film student anymore because trying to make my simple thoughts about a film sound intelligent um is exhausting i like talking about movies i like watching movies but i don't like the like (laughs) the pressure to sound like a fucking movie critic every time i talk about a film sometimes i just want to be like that film was shitty and i liked it you know we also watched friend request the other night a very very shitty horror film it's horrible it was so dumb um, but I did enjoy that one. You know, it's it's kind of more of like a primal form of entertainment where you're like, there are so many plot holes. Literally none of this makes sense. The characters don't matter at all, but I love it. 
Um, so that's my thoughts. <laughs> that's my thoughts on the film. And stay tuned, because I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go to the movies more often, dude. It's a very enjoyable thing. I love it. It's really nice. I mean, again, yeah, we've been watching a lot of movies at home, but it's like it is really nice to go out and support film, the entire industry in the cinema, which again is why I'm very excited about Black Panther. Black Panther is a major like it's like groundbreaking in terms of um, you know, black actors in cinema and like the entire production. Like I need to do more research on this. I want to go into that movie like knowing everything. Um, but obviously like the premise of the film is like about African royalty. And like I'm so ready to feel like super empowered because I have watched some other um, I guess superhero movies. I literally don't even know if this is Marvel or DC. I feel like it's Marvel, but I'm not sure. Um, let me Google it. This, I forgot that my computer is right here. <sighs> I feel like Google can tell me so much more than this. Um, after the death of his father, I can't pronounce this name. I'm going to call it Chala, returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When a powerful enemy suddenly reappears, Chala's metal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risks. Risk. One risk. I love this. I'm very ready. And it is Marvel. Okay, cool. Nathan probably cringed really hard at me trying to explain anything about the Marvel universe because I don't know anything and he is very into it. <laughs> Marvel and DC. I don't know. I don't know. Would I voluntarily usually go to see movies like Thor or freaking what else did we watch? The other one. <laughs> I'm like the group of ones with Wonder Woman and the other ones. Never mind. I'm gonna stop myself before I get worse. But, um, yeah, I mean, the reviews so far, which can only be critics, um, it's got a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, but 93% of Google users like this movie. Um, and yeah, it's like, oh my god, it has such a beautiful cast, beautiful, beautiful cast, and it's just like strong black women, strong black men, a strong African royalty based plot. I'm like, yes, we're all here for it. I'm into it. And I hope that it does really well. I mean, it should do really well, like, um, financially in terms of its ticket sales. I'm forgetting everything. When I blank on this podcast, that's when I finally slow down. I'm like, yeah, what's it called? There's the budget and then there's the amount that they make in the theaters. Mm, what's that called? I'm still forgetting and it's not on Google. So I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm done. I don't know. Hold on. I'm like frantically. Box office. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Um, yeah, the budget versus the uh, box office. I want to know what the, uh, sorry for the typing sounds. I want to know what the, the budget of Black Panther was. Um... I don't know if they're going to tell us yet. I don't see it coming up yet. Please tell me. Some people saying that the budget is $120 million. That is a pretty low budget on the Marvel scale. I, I'm done with this. Um, I'm very done with this. This as in me trying to understand any of this. Anyway, I'm going to see that movie and I'll let you guys know how it is without spoilers. In this um, last segment... If I um, have time on my camera, quickly talk about this blow drying thing and then very quickly talk about Kylie's pregnancy. Okay, stay tuned, babies. Bye. And we're back. So, yes, as I mentioned, my sister is a hairstylist, hairdresser cosmetologist. I never know exactly what um, word she likes to use to describe herself. She does hair. Her hair Instagram, if you're interested, is at all hail the hair. It's great. She does amazing work. She does my hair. 
and she makes it look better than it ever looks when I do it because I don't style it. Um, but she's great and she's very talented. She went to Cosmo school after um, like a three year break after graduating high school. She finally did it. Um, she put in all the hours. It's a crazy amount of hours, guys. She was working at a coffee place called Dutch Bros. She's in Phoenix, by the way. Um, she was working at Dutch Bros and then doing night school. So she was having like gnarly days for like a year. Um, cause I think it's 1600 or 1300 hours that it takes to finish your schooling. And then you have to take your like board exam in order to get licensed. Um, so anyway, there is this initiative in Arizona called HB 2011. Um, and it's about like deregulating, deregulating part of hairstyling. So basically this bill wants to allow people to work as blow dryers or shampoo assistants in salons without having a cosmetology license. Um, So this video that she shared on Facebook, which is someone who is pro HB211, pro deregulation, um, it's basically like the big government bullies, the overreach of the government. Like, look at these people. Obviously, people are capable of blow drying hair. It doesn't take hundreds of hours to learn how to blow dry hair. Um, and then my sister, who actually went to, um, she went to like a, a meeting or like some town hall discussion about this, uh, along with some other hairdressers, hair professionals who are opposed to the bill. Um, My sister's perspective is that this is risky in terms of sanitation and the general public's, um, you know, risk of disease. So my sister in her cosmetology education, you know, she spent lots of hours learning about proper sanitation of tools and how to be careful with people's different skin types because something as simple as blow drying may seem simple, but there are a lot of possible complications involved or, um, for example, she said, you know, somebody with a compromised immune system like someone with cancer, if they were to come in, you have to treat their hair, their skin, their scalp, you have to treat them differently and you have to use very, um, very strict sanitation because they have a compromised immune system. So anyway, basically it's like, what is the point in deregulating this when there are so many people who have been educated, who have, you know, cosmetology licenses, who have gone through all of this schooling, um, you know, she's just, she's not in favor of, um, this deregulation. She says, um, vote no on HB 211, spread the word. Um, why can't we do these things for other people? Well, disease, germs. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's like, I'm definitely on her side. I would vote no to this as well, or encourage my state reps to vote no if I were in Arizona. Um, Again, if you guys are in the Phoenix area, you should definitely reach out to my sis if you want some hair or um, microbladed eyebrow magic worked on you, because she's great. She's great, and um, she'll definitely take good care of you. Her Instagram is all all hail the hair, or her personal slash photo Instagram is um, Heather Ferg with two Gs. But anyway, it's like, I'm so annoyed of the, like, deregulation (laughs) perspective, and that's gotta just be because I'm, you know, a liberal, or whatever. I'm on the left. Because, I mean, classically, conservatives want less regulation. They want more of a free market. They want the government out of our business. But it's like, in so many situations, these regulations are in place for the good of public safety. And especially in something like this, it may seem like a minor issue, but like, my sister and other hair professionals are passionate about this. They're passionate about protecting their clients, giving them a great service, but also making sure that they're safe and that every little part of, you know, the consultation all the way through the service keeps everyone's safe and it's clean and it's well sanitized, you know, and these things that can, these are things that can be easily overlooked when you just start to deregulate 
things that don't seem to need a professional, you know, license or don't don't need that many hours of, you know, education. So it's like I think about in the medical industry, you know, simple, so-called simple tasks that, say, nurses or, you know, medical assistants provide. It's like... The task itself may seem simple, and it may seem like anyone could do it, but it's always best to have someone with a full knowledge of why you need to sanitize things, why you can and can't do things a certain way. It's always best to have someone who has that education um, when you're dealing with things that involve people's bodies, where if something goes wrong, it can go very wrong. Um, Anyway, yeah, she just keeps having, like, you know classic Facebook kind of arguments um, because she sh- she's pas- passionate about this and she's been sharing a lot of posts. And, you know, there's some people who are just like, um, you know, I don't know. Hold on. I'm trying to read through this post. I probably shouldn't do this right now. Um, basically, they're just like, there are some people who are all the way to the to the side of This doesn't require any training. It's simple. Anybody could do it. Just let them blow dry hair. And then there's people kind of in the middle who are like, okay, I don't think you need a full license, a cosmetology license to do this, but maybe some training would be necessary. Um, Which, you know, I I agree with more of that. Like, if you are going to deregulate and allow some people to do blow drying or other heat styling in salons or shampooing, whatever, um, they should have, you know, a minimum level of education to ensure that they do know these safety rules and sanitation practices and all of that. Um, But this bill is not proposing any, this bill is not proposing any level of education or standards, you know. So anyway, (laughs) that's just my random... um, my random political discussion for the moment. Um, I'm getting really, really hot, and I'm very hungry. Like, it's it's very past lunchtime. Um, but the very last thing I want to discuss is Kylie Jenner's baby announcement. Woo! Um, it's about time. I mean, I'll say, like, I am not interested in or invested in the Kardashians or the Jenners. Um, just not my thing, you know, whatever. I've gone through phases where I've been, like, more aggressive and the like, I don't care about the Kardashians, why are they everywhere? Now I'm just like, I just don't, I just don't click it, you know? I don't follow any of them. It just doesn't, it doesn't impact me. But they are huge, you know, social and just, like, in general, like, celebrities. So they are relevant and people talk about what's going on in their lives. So Kylie's whole pregnancy and, you know, everybody's theories about it. And they're like, oh my God, is Kylie even really pregnant? Or is she a surrogate for Kim or Chloe? Uh, I, I'm too tired to get into these conspiracies. It's just like Babygate. I saw a picture of Louis Tomlinson's baby who like just turned two, Freddie. <laughs> I got sucked into Babygate, dude. Like I cannot, I can't be spending my time getting sucked into these conspiracies. When it's really just like, oh, it's just celebrities having babies. It's really not that exciting. Anyway, I understand that Kylie stepped out of the limelight and she wanted to literally just enjoy her pregnancy in peace. And I totally respect that. Um, Because as a Kardashian-Jenner, you know, of course, it's expected that you share everything with the media and social media. So I think it's really cool that she was able to enjoy her pregnancy and take that time to just have a private experience and not feel pressured to share everything. Um, I watched the whole video, the To Our Daughter video. It was very cute, very touching. Um, (laughs) Some of it was a little much, but I don't know like, look at your hot mom strutting around in, like, these outfits. I don't know. I'm, like, imagining her actual child watching this someday, and it's just like, all right. Well, again, I don't know. It's like, it's really, I don't know. I just don't, I don't even care enough about this to really get into it. Basically, I'm like, congratulations, Kylie. (laughs) Great. All the people who were like, wow, I can't believe Kylie's friends, like, they're so good that they wouldn't say a word about this or leak this for nine months. It's like, 
mm, NDAs were definitely involved. I tweeted that. I was like, there's no way that a non-disclosure agreement was not given to every single friend, hairdresser, doctor, like photographer. Absolutely. Because people aren't just good friends. It's like, okay, maybe her friends are good friends. But like anybody else who had seen her, I'm sure that, I'm sure that they would have had to sign some shit to keep this under wraps, you know? Um, but it, that is cool. It's pretty amazing because, you know, even with NDAs and stuff, usually secrets and stuff get out or pictures get leaked. Those are valuable as fuck, dude. The freaking media outlets probably would have paid so much money for like a really good pregnant Kylie pick if they could prove that it was authentic. So anyway, I'm glad that her pregnancy is over because I'm like, thank God we can stop talking about this. Um, the decision to make this announcement the day of the Super Bowl, again, is pretty funny. Everybody's talking about how clever Kris Jenner is. I'm like, yeah, sure, we love it. Um, but it's kind of funny because it's like the same people who are hype about the Super Bowl are probably not the same people who are hype about what the Kardashians are up to. Um, <laughs> so I think like in general, there, there are people who are hype about Kylie's baby, and then there were people who were still very hype and could not give less of a fuck about that, and they're hype about their wings and um, the Eagles and the Patriots, dude. Uh, Nathan and I did watch the Super Bowl mostly. Um, this was his first Super Bowl experience, and apparently everybody at work last week kept asking him like. Where are you guys watching it? What are your plans? Like, hey, like, what kind of wings are you going to get? Oh, Tiffany's vegan. Oh, you guys are going to miss out on the wings. What are you guys going to eat? And I was like, oh, my God, is this really, like, such a big topic of conversation? It's fascinating. Because I've never really done, like, the Super Bowl in a big way. I've gone to, like, a few Super Bowl parties, but I've never cared much. The one Super Bowl party I went to was the year that the Broncos really lost, like, badly. That was a couple years ago. And that was, like, humiliating because, you know, the Broncos, they're my family team. Again, personally, am I invested? Not really. But if I have to rep one team, it's the Broncos. Um, so, again, that loose affiliation, I came into this. I was like, fuck the Patriots. <laughs> Just because Bronco fans are not usually fans of the Patriots. Um, but, again, don't don't really care. Um when it comes to watching the game, we got some snacks and stuff. We had some vegan wings, um, and it was just so terribly boring. The halftime show was not that exciting. Again, I'm not one who, who gets into these anyway, so I can't really compare, like, prior years. My grandma sent me a, a pretty good wrap-up. <laughs> I Snapchatted a little bit of Justin Timberlake's performance, and my grandma replied... Um, oh god, this is too much. I screenshotted a lot of things. My grandma savagely replied, Bring Bruno back. Bring Lady Gaga back. Not very good dancing, not very good singing. Same old songs, flashing lights, walking down steps, and jumping around. Not impressed. <laughs> I'm like, damn, grandma, she just fucking roasted JT, dude. Yeah, overall, I'm like, mm, lackluster, nothing too memorable. All right, my camera is about to die and time out. And I'm so hungry. So I'm just going to leave you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for next week. Leave a review on iTunes. I love you guys. Uh, keep, it, keep it previously gifted. Ooh, should I start saying keep it PG? That's horrible. Okay, um, thanks. Bye.